This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. What does it mean to be a man? I will never know, but Jason Wilson, Jason Wilson, author of Cry Like a Man, broke it down for Larie Favors and I one Wednesday afternoon. It was an amazing interview. I wish I had him in the studio, but I didn't need him in the studio because this brother laid down the pathway for so many men to free themselves emotionally, physically, and other ways. He said, um, the worst thing a woman can do is to deny a man his emotions. And he talked about not just being a man and crying, but also telling his wife when he's afraid. Also talking about what it means to have a healthy relationship with a woman, showing affection. It was, I think, liberating for so many people who listened. And I hope that it's liberating for somebody out there. If you're a woman and you have a man in your life that needs to hear this message, please share it with him. If you're a man that's struggling with what it means to be a man because you've never been taught, never had a model, Jason Wilson will give you the pathway in his book, Cry Like a Man, powerful, powerful, powerful. Get it? Check it out. I'll put the link right here in the description. Let me know what you think. Follow me on Twitter at Karen Hunter, at K-A-R-E-N-H-U-N-T-E-R. Use the hashtag podcast so I can search and find your questions and, and your comments. And I just appreciate you joining me on this journey. Again, Larie Favors, Afro State of Mind, and I have this powerful conversation with Jason Wilson, author of Cry Like a Man. Stay tuned. A lot of people in this country think meditation is concentration, and it's not. You should be able to take be in that same state, seated, laying down, standing, and fighting. Mm. So I, I, and people say, well, man, no, you just, you just a unique guy. No, I get angry when things like that happen but I quickly start processing. It's like a computer, is this worth it? Go down the line, this is it. Process your emotions, are you feeling, is this accurate? Why would you go here? And before I even say anything, I can pull off. Mm -hmm. And so I would tell men to learn to sit still and express how you feel. Express the pain to say if you're married and your wife says something to you early at work. I always say, I tell my men to always go to her before you go to bed. You know, I'm taught through the scriptures is do not let uh, the sun go down on your wrath. You know, basically don't hold on to anger that long. Another, another proverb I love is like anger is like hot coals in the lap of a fool, only he gets burned. Hmm. And so I would tell men first to sit still and process how your day went. How are you feeling? Why you felt that way? Write it down mm -hmm. and revisit it so you can see and start tracing what triggered you. Mm -hmm. mm. And that's the, that's the beginning steps. That's Jason Wilson. And I hope this is the beginning of a beautiful relationship here on the Karen Hunter Show. Let me welcome him in. He is the founder of Union Loving Youth and Uniting Families. Jason Wilson, welcome to the Karen Hunter Show. How you doing, Karen? It's a pleasure to be on your show. Same here, man. I've, I've been watching you on on for a while, watching you do the work that you're doing, and I thought it was important to have you on, at least starting a conversation that I hope we continue, because I need us to get this, the, to bring us together, and particularly with our men, as we find ourselves in a very toxic world that uh, targets and always triggers that I need us to have some sort of jujitsu method to combat what's happening out there. And you have the answers, brother. So thank you for being here again. Yeah, again, thank you for inviting me. Um, again, it's an honor to be on your show and to discuss what's definitely 
uh, needed um, in our country, especially in our communities and homes. So before we get into the nuts and bolts, let me let me ask how you got into this work. How did you start? Well, actually, um, the union, a nonprofit, actually started as a record label. I used to produce secular hip-hop music and was fortunate enough to be pretty successful. I produced uh, some songs with Corrupt and even uh, legendary rapper Redman. And Yeah, and so I had, my name was, I was called Magi, M-A-J-I back then. And the song I did with Corrupt and Chris Webber actually charted top 100 on Billboard. It was called Gangsta Gangsta. And when I gave my life to God, I saw that the music I was creating was countering his mission for my life. And so I was making the soundtrack for ignorance, misogyny, uh, drug selling, uh, drug abuse, violence. And I literally walked away from um, platinum records. I mean, many producers, Battle Cat, who produced for the Dog Pound, said, man, you know, you got a platinum record here. But I I walked away from the entire industry because my calling was bigger than making cash. Mm -hmm. And so um, after that, the union uh, started as uh, actually a Christian hip-hop label. But we quickly discovered that uh, once the music stopped, the kids and families were still having the same problems. So in 2005, I went after our nonprofit status, and the rest was history. I love that you, you. We were talking, Laurie and I, several months ago about education and how beats and and rhymes and and everything. You know, our our rhythm yeah. as Black people tied to the beat. And we could empower mm-hmm. and inspire. We mm-hmm. could teach geography, as Erica Buddington did with yep. with you know the Cardi B beat. Uh, mm-hmm. We can teach regents mm-hmm. through a beat. You know, Larie was sharing how kids that were failing the regents exam yeah. when they put it to music were able to That's right. absorb it. That's right. So the message has to be powerful. And now you're taking that to the to the next level. Yes, ma'am. I had to. You know. One of, uh, I leave him nameless, very popular rapper at the time. He couldn't believe I was able to just walk away. He was like, man, he says, Jay, he says, listen, you're just making a beat. I said, no, it's much deeper than that. I said, yeah, alone it's a beat, just like, say, a gun right now. Mm-hmm. You put that gun in the wrong hands, it's, it becomes a murderous weapon or just a, ma- a weapon of mass destruction. I said, your rhymes, because of what you talk about, it's like putting bullets in this gun, and when it comes together, you're squeezing the trigger and you're destroying mm-hmm. another young mind. Mm-hmm. I said, so I chose to only use my music and all of my talents now to uplift and uh, rebuild and restore our communities, and more so the minds of our youth, especially the men who, I mean, I love, I, I toured with Public Enemy, X-Clan, I did concerts with Air, uh, EPMD, so I, I, I know what the hip-hop culture is more probably than this generation. But I saw the direct correlation between me not smiling, between me not holding my wife's hand, between me not being able to be respectful to my own parents and my community. I saw a direct correlation to the music I listened to and how it programmed me to become uh, a hyper-masculine male who held unresolved anger like a badge of honor. Mm. Mr. Jason Wilson is where you can find him on the Twitters. What is the first thing? What What was the first thing that you did when you shifted away from the music or, you know, took the music in a different direction? And before I even get there, what was your Damascus moment? Was there a point on, on the road that something happened where you were like, ah, I can't do this anymore? I, had, I mean, prior to it, you know, I wrote about it in my book, Cry Like a Man. I had uh, two near-death experiences. 
And God was calling me years ago, but I, you know, I grew up during the era when um, everyone was wearing the green, black, and red, black medallions, you know, and <laughs> I, I, I knew there was a God, but I couldn't stay in church and the, uh, the pimping preachers. And I mean, just why is all the money going to this building, but not, we're building buildings, but not communities. Mm. And so I, I hated it, but he, he caught me in such a way where he said, I'm going to show you I'm real the same way he reached Paul on the way to Damascus. Cause I had the same fire. Jehovah's Witnesses, I don't care who came to my door. I, I studied the Bible to destroy them. And so once he almost, it's a, it's a long story, but when I almost died, I had blasphemed him on the phone with who is my wife now, Nicole. And within 10 minutes later, I'm at the bottom of a dock with a, I think, 4,000-pound high-low, almost died. And at that very moment, I looked up to the sky and said, I'll never go against you. And when I said everything started falling in line, I went 180. I changed my life because my whole thing is this. If I'm going to be in the streets, I never was a thug. I always had enough wisdom to know that that life leads to a certain path. And I had two, two of my, both of my brothers were drug dealers. One of them was big time. And I knew, I said, wait a minute, that's not my path. I said, but whatever I do, I'm going to walk it with both feet. So since I said I'm going to serve the most high, I'm going to do it 100% or I'm not going to serve them. And that's my attitude. And that's how um, everything started unfolding in my life because I gave him that 100% dedication, not just going to a building on Sunday. I keep telling people the church is not the building. Once the people leave that building, it is no longer a church. It's just a building. The church are the people. And once I got that and I got away from religion and started seeking the relationship, I started seeing the power for power and the radical ways that cost Christ his life. And that's what attracted me because that's what transformed people. And that's what transformed me to just live a no compromise life. And I'm thankful, Karen, that I, in my secular days and my worldly days, I grew up around millionaires, legitimate and illegitimate. And one thing they both had in common, they all lacked peace. And so I, I learned quickly that it's not about money it's not about your fame or anything. It was about having the Prince of Peace, which dwells inside of you. We're talking with Jason Wilson. What was the hardest thing that you had to undo? I, every day I'm challenged with language and behavior that I've been taught since a child that I carry with me into adulthood, that it's both damaging to myself and others that I have to constantly check myself to not do. What was the hardest thing that you had to stop doing? Hmm. Uh, stop pretending. I had to take... Um, the mask off, or we call it the mask of masculinity. I had to stop living a life where I was only de defined by one adjective. Uh, when my mother had uh, developed dementia, I, like most men, you say, hey, I'm, you're a faithful son. I'm going to provide for you, mom. I'm going to be strong, make sure these bill collectors don't rip you off and mm -hmm. make sure the medication is taken care of. But I quickly discovered that if all I had was masculine attributes, she would never get the care she deserved. Mm. And so now uh, I coined what's called being a comprehensive man. And mm. that is a man who is courageous, but yet compassionate, strong, but sensitive. A man who is, is not afraid to live from his heart. And he stops living from his hurt and his fears. And so that was the hardest thing for me to undo was to let go of the father wound or feeling abandonment from my father or the trauma associated with 
my brothers being murdered or my grandfather being lynched. Uh, um, the mindset of that I couldn't hold a woman's hand in public because I've seen at so many hip hop concerts guys get beat down for being romantic. And even to this day, when I was, even I was on the Dr. Oz show, I was in New York. I had to fight Karen inside of me to hold my wife's hand in public because it was something my heart desired. Did you know that socks are the number one most requested clothing item in homeless shelters? Well, Bombas is on a mission to change that. They created the most comfortable socks in the history of feet, and for every pair of socks purchased, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. Designed with special comfort innovations, colors, patterns, lengths, and styles, Bombas are perfect for the whole family. And get your hands on a pair of Bombas socks, and your feet will thank you. Bombas has donated more than 20 million pairs and counting. They're made from super soft natural cotton. Every pair is designed with arch support, a seamless toe, and a cushioned footbed that's supportive but not too thick. My favorites are the no-show socks. I like those. They're designed to not show. <laughs> See, they're never itchy, and they're amazingly soft. With tons of different colors, patterns, lengths, and styles, Bombas also makes the perfect gift for everyone on your list. So you buy one pair for yourself, someone for someone else, and then a couple of people get a pair of socks who are homeless. So I wear my socks, you get your socks, and save 20% off your first purchase when you shop at bombas.com slash Karen. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Karen. I call them bomb-ass socks because they're dope. Bombas.com, 20% off at bombas.com slash Karen. But this, the mindset, this masculine-only mindset, it was trying to stop me from being a romantic husband. And so I, that was the hardest thing to undo for me. I love that you, you coined the term comprehensive men. And one of the things that made me think of, you know, as a, as a black woman, I'm a part of a lot of sister circles and I do, uh, I do a woman's rites of passage, like a, a Camarilla circle almost annually. Like I, I'm in spaces where we're journaling, we're vision boarding, we're thinking about what it is we have, what it is we want, what's the gap, how do we reach it? There's all of this soft power sort of dynamics that go into being better women. And I'm reminded that a few years ago, the military, there were some articles that had gone out that talked about the fact that in the military, um, black women soldiers were being studied because of their socialization habits and because of the fact that we gather and we have sister circles and how that might be contributing to the lower rates of suicide for black female soldiers. Now, this is at the beginning of the study, so they're, you know, they, I don't actually know where the study came out with, but the idea that we sometimes can gender and racify therapy in a way that if you are not within that gender, not within that race might seem like a foreign tool for you. And, and I'm going somewhere with this, so stay with me. But the idea that you had in the intro that Karen played, you had a conversation where you're talking about black men needing to journal, write down and be still with how they feel. Think about the emotion they're experiencing. Trace those steps back to what triggered that emotion for you. Those are all things that we do in sister circles when we're having a journaling session or talking about trauma and my dad and you know my boyfriend and my ex, like when we're having these or my girlfriend or my ex, whatever it is, when we're having these conversations, there are tools that we may not even call tools that really help us to unpack what happened and find a healthier way of dealing with the pain that we're feeling. And it sounds like these tools, which very naturally find expression in black women's spaces, you're pulling on some of these into the black male space and 
One of the reasons I'm fascinated by that is because within every yin, there is some yang. With every yang, there is some yin. So we all, like I have a masculine part of my femininity. Black men have a feminine part of their masculinity. And it's only when we cut ourselves off from that, that we sort of put ourselves in these very rigid spaces. So how did you come to the part where you are tapping into these tools, which are often gendered in the opposite direction? And how do you get black boys to participate? Well, again, let me go back to my mother. I had to. Because when she would repeat the same sentence over and over, ask me the same question, I couldn't just operate under masculine attributes such as strength, boldness, and aggression. Mm. I had to access more of my humanity, like love, long-suffering, patience, mm. nurturing. Um, I remember one time my son had an ear surgery, and he started screaming after the surgery when he had woke up, and the nurse didn't ask if I would want to come back, she asked if my wife would. Wow. So that offended me, okay, because I'm I'm comprehensive. Okay, I'm not just a guy that, I'm not just a priest, provider, and protector. I'm a nurturer. So when my wife went back, about maybe three minutes later, he starts yelling again. So I went right to the nurse, real nice and polite. I said, hey, ma'am, I need you to let me back. And she says, well, no, your wife's back there. I said, no, listen, you have to let me back with there right now. Within a matter of minutes or seconds, I was able to calm the soul of my son. And that's all a result of me being able to wean my own soul. We call it Gamel Nefesh, and that's basically weaning the soul in Hebrew. And so every session before we train our young boys or even high school students or even men, we have what's called an emotional check-in where they're allowed a moment to express all of the emotions they felt during the day or what they felt present Mm. and and then how to release them in that moment so that they can experience that moment. And so once you practice this daily, I I do it all throughout the day. I mean, people say, well, man, do you ever get mad or roll rage? I get upset, but it's like the movie, the Avengers, I think it was uh, not in game, but the one prior where uh, Thanos had to get the last ring from Dr. Strange Mm. and he surrendered it. And I think it was Iron Man said, man, why did you give it up? He says, well, I basically contemplated 4,000 ways, and this was the only way we could mm-hmm. win, basically. Yeah. Wow. They didn't understand it. So I teach boys how to do that in the, in right in the moment, like mm-hmm. if a bully's approaching you or whatever conflict you're having or husbands, how do you deal with your wife's emotions and she's possibly yelling at you or whatever and you're tired from work? How are you able to decipher between everything she's throwing at you and pick the one emotion you need to feel in that moment so you can reach her heart? How do you and do so it? How do you do it? Give we, us, give we start, us. Well, for, okay, first thing we do is an emotional check-in, basically getting men used to expressing how they feel openly and in public. Okay, so uh, if a man doesn't know how to express himself amongst his brothers, he'll never do it in front of his wife or significant other. Mm. And so and there are many people who have trouble even doing it in front of Men, which I've never had an issue when you have all men in one room, Mm. I tell them to start in their car, start in their closet, cry out, and you got to let it out some way. I tell them, I said, man, you may not cry physical tears, but you're still crying. They said, what do you mean? I said, oh, you're crying through pornography. You're crying through drug abuse. You're Mm. crying through spousal abuse. You're crying through uh, running from that promotion you know you deserve at work. Because you feel you don't you don't have the skills or the uh, 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 skill set to do it because your father never affirmed you, and so just getting men to express it over and over again, and then lastly, Karen, it's really only three things: just expressing it alone or expressing it in a, a safe space with people who you, you know who care, and then lastly, 
uh, affirming men in the way that they feel. The worst thing, me and my wife had to work on this. The worst thing a woman can do is dismiss a man's emotion. Once you do that, he's going back into suppression mode. And, and, And so many women say, well, I really want the relationship you and your wife had. I said, well, it's going to come with a lot of pain on both sides because unfairly to our women, you, you have been conditioned to believe a man is supposed to be a certain way as well. And so my wife actually would get shocked. I, I tell my wife, Karen, when I'm scared, I say, hey, Cole, can we pray? I'm scared right now. That's how free I am. But I've learned, I tell men all the time, they say, well, man, she'll use it against you. That's another lie we've told. Wow. I said, well, if she tried to use it against you, she just lost a good man. You walk away. If it's your wife, you seek counseling and make sure you have a sound teacher or someone who's trained in psychotherapy that can help both of you understand why is she rejecting or dismissing your emotions or why are you suppressing yours? Because we're all socialized to see manhood the same way. Like we're all socialized to see manhood as this very non-emotional, cold, steely. Yes. I, as a woman, am socialized to see malehood that way. And men, as men, are socialized to see it that way. So if you are in in a relationship with someone, regardless of their gender, if they see manhood in that type of box, that is also as unhealthy for her as it is for you. You hit it right on your head. I mean, my wife, I'm... I'm, I'm, we're going to do a lot more speaking together, but when she talks, it's a blessing because I, I tell her, stop. She'll say, dang, Jason, I feel like I'm so selfish. I say, no, Nicole, this is all new. We have not been taught how to really be, like I don't like when people say marriage is 50-50. I say it's 100-100. That's right. Because it has to take 100% from That's both right. sides. Especially so, when you're trying to create a marriage that you don't have a model oh for. Oh, my goodness. If you've never <laughs> seen what you're trying to create, yeah. Yeah. you got to be it's, all in. Or is who Jesus. It's, it's, and it's on both sides. We, we were about to get separated in 2015, and I, I shared that. I, I, that's my purpose of being transparent and cry like a man because I want men to see. You've, I felt the same way you did, except I chose a different path to save my family. And I, we said, God says, you have to tear down everything because you two built this marriage based on what you both wanted instead of based on what I wanted for you both to give to me. And in that giving, you'll find your desires. And I often tell men, I compare men to uh, um, like, you know, being just trapped in masculinity. Like if I told you, asked you, what is the pit bull terrier known for? What would you say, Cam? Uh, Biting. (laughs) <laughs> biting, yeah, people, yeah. Okay, and, biting and they biting. lock down. They don't let the jaws exactly. don't. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm so thankful. My brother is a I'm so thankful that there's so many dog rescue initiatives that we're now seeing that the pit bull terrier is raised in a balanced environment or a comprehensive environment where yes, I want my dog to bark and protect me if I need it but also wanting to be a companion. Now you're seeing that the pit bull is a loving family dog. But as long as it's raised under two attributes, that's all it knows how to be. And most importantly, the dog becomes unstable, which causes breed to be banned Mm. in many cities. Mm. Jason Mm. Wilson, the book is called Cry Like a Man. 
I want you to come back on frequently. We need to check in monthly with you. Can you do this? Because we need yeah, to was, actually, love, we don't have time today to, to lay down the keys yeah. to life. I mean, there's so many. <laughs> no, and I need people to, you yeah. know, get on board. So just tell them quickly how they can connect with you. If, if Can we start a, a union in any place in the country, or is this just in one one spot, or is it online? Well, we're, trying, well, we're online right now. I mean, we just purchased a building, um, and we're renovating it right now. And our goal is to create the model that could be scaled throughout the country, Perfect. especially the male academy, uh, the Cape Modelo. Um, my handle, like you said, for all social media is Mr. Jason O. Wilson. O is for my middle name. And um, the website is the union. It's simple. It's the letter Y in front of the word union. And Y is for youth, and we had to put a silent Y in front of it because we're in the Motor City and there's a lot of unions here. <laughs> I can imagine. Union.org, the union, the yunion.org. And Mr. Jason O. Wilson, he's he's now part of our family. We, we appreciate yes, you. Uh, in the book, Cry Like a Man, we're going to tweet out uh, so that by the time you come back next time, people will have read up on the book, including me. I'm going to download it when I get home, and uh, then we'll have even a richer conversation. But I'm so, so grateful that you're part of this family now. Yeah, I'm thankful, too. And, like, you know, I, I tell all of my sisters to keep them encouraged. I'm like, look, we can't heal without you. And this, this, is, this is the thing that troubles me a lot. And I tell men we have to hurry up and get it together. And what I mean, I'm not going to rush you through the process. But let's, I'm going to rush you to get started. Our sisters, I get so tired of hearing over and over again when our men succeed. They say, if it wasn't for my wife, if it wasn't for this woman, she put up with this and all of this stuff. But yet we're forgetting that our sisters are dealing with so much pain themselves. You know, it hit me one day. I was talking to a young lady at a school and how, like, so many of our men, I mean, how does it make I mean, how would black men feel if all of our black women only wanted men who were like Kardashian types? Oh. How would we feel as black men? Oh. Mm. And the two and how many black that, men could meet that standard? Yeah, but, not, but, but to me it's not a standard. You guys mm. said it earlier. It's an illusion. I need a sound effect with finger snaps. Yes, yeah. we'll do one. So we'll record it. it after the... so, so it's not a standard. It's an illusion. Hmm. And I had one young girl crying because she was so worried about her makeup. And I said, you're beautiful without the covering because I saw her before. And it, it hit me. I thought about my daughter and so many other women. You know, even my wife, I said, I don't want you to wear makeup today. Because I tell my brother, said, we put, <laughs> the culture has put so much pressure on women as a whole that, like I said, my brothers, could you imagine that, you, what does it say to your psyche that you have to cover up who you are? I said the fact that that is even considered, I guess, beauty is, 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 is to me, it's, it's, it's condemning. And so my whole thing is, brothers, let's get healed so that our women can finally get healed. I, I want to hear them start saying, if it wasn't for the man in my life sticking by me, helping me work through the trauma I experienced or my fears, that's what I want to start hearing. That was our interview with Jason Wilson, author of Cry Like a Man, Fighting for Freedom from Emotional Incarceration. I hope it freed somebody listening right now. Let me know what you think. Follow me at Karen Hunter with the hashtag podcast so I can search for your comments and your questions. Till next time. <laughs> <laughs>